to another episode of the Adrian Ross Show on the BMG Network, the bmgnetwork.com, or maybe you're watching on the BMG Network's YouTube channel or listening on a major podcast platform. Hello, I'm glad you are tuned in. And I'm going to jump right into today's episode. I'm going to talk about the Kyle Rittenhouse situation today. By now, of course, you know that the not guilty on all counts verdict has been in for a few days. And I want to share my perspective as well as my my perspective on a few other things as they pertain to this situation and really to society uh, as a whole where we are right now. I will start with something provocative. Okay, Uh, but, you know, that's kind of what I do. I provoke thought, you know. So here's my statement, my provocative statement. There are people who are pretending to be outraged by the verdict, but are actually ecstatic. Yeah, I said that. There are people who are pretending to be outraged, but are actually ecstatic that Kyle Rittenhouse was found not guilty. Now, Adrian, what do you mean? That's kind of strange. Well, not really. There are people protesting, whether they're out in the streets protesting or protesting from their key board, getting on social media, etc., and complaining and protesting and screaming out all kinds of accusations. And they're so outraged. So they want you to think, but they're not outraged. They are actually excited and happy that this verdict came about. Why do I say that? I say that because had the verdict been guilty, then they wouldn't have anything to complain about. They wouldn't have any reason to go back out in the streets and act wild. They wouldn't have any reason to scream white supremacy. So they wouldn't know what to do with themselves because they've been waiting with bated breath to have this opportunity to call something racism, which has nothing to do with race, as far as I know, this particular trial, but everything has to do with race right now with certain people. And they were just waiting. Does that mean to say? I don't know if it's mean, but I think it's accurate. I think it's accurate that that, that there are people, if they're not complaining and, and throwing race out there, then they have absolutely nothing to do. So they're happy because now they can get out there and, and and talk about what they love to talk about, which is everybody's a racist, even when race has nothing to do with anything. I have to say that <clears throat> I don't think that there's anyone who paid attention to the details of the trial, whether they consumed all of it or not. I didn't sit there and consume it all. I didn't watch any of it on television, but, you know, through the internet, you know, podcasts and um, just following along as I, you know, as I could, the details and and hearing uh, the, you know, testimonies, et cetera. And the reports of those, it was to me, 
obvious and to many that there was no evidence that should have convicted this young man who was 17 years old at the time of the incident, 18 years old now. And so I don't, I think most people paying attention, if they're honest, would have to say that there was no way he should have been convicted. And people were surprised that it took that long to render a verdict. And usually when something like this takes that long, it's not necessarily a good thing. You know, the longer the longer it takes in this situation, you're thinking, well, what, what could these people possibly be thinking? And then there's the public pressure. Like, are, are these, will these, the members of the jury feel that they have to render uh, a guilty verdict because everybody going to act a fool again if they don't? I mean, I, I wouldn't even want that kind, that kind of pressure. Uh, are they going to be able to do the right thing without fear, without their lives being threatened, etc.? Because, you know, people are just off the hook. So I'm saying that people who were paying even a little bit of attention to the details, the testimonies, etc., unless you're, unless you're, I don't even know what to say, but I don't know how anyone could think that this young man did not have the right to defend himself. So I'm going to ask this question which may also be provocative. I don't know, but I'm going to ask this question. Who among you, among us, who out there uh, has a son or a daughter you wouldn't want to have been able to defend themselves that particular day? I mean, I know there's a lot of talk, a lot of chatter, a lot of whatever about uh, the Second Amendment, but we do have a Second Amendment in this country, and I'm grateful that we do. We have the right to defend ourselves. And as far as I, I, I don't want anybody to die. I don't want anyone to have been getting shot. But think about your kids. Think about your loved ones. Do you? What would what would you have liked? Would you have? You know, you talk about the Second Amendment. You say he shouldn't have had a gun. You say, you know, but. If it's a situation between, okay, your death and, and your ability to defend yourself, your family, you know, if your family, your child, your son, your daughter, your mom, your your grandma, who, you know, whomever, whoever, I mean, you would rather that they be unprepared to defend themselves. And so should this young man, people are calling a racist and a white supremacist for some reason, this young man was supposed to just take it, which is what the prosecution was saying. Like, you know, sometimes you just get beat up in a fight. Well, uh, sometimes you might not want to roll up on people when you don't know what the deal is. Sometimes you might not want to threaten someone else's life and um, try to bully people. Some, you know, sometimes you might just think before you go rolling up on a kid. And trying, you know, pointing something at him and then expecting him to not defend himself. And then you're going to use, you know, he, he didn't kill any black people, but but he's a racist. And all of a sudden, this is all about race again. And, and if he were black, then this would happen. And if he were black and this, you know, he wasn't black. The people who shot weren't black. He's not black. They, they're not black. 
and yet it's about race. We've got an issue in, in this country. First of all, he wouldn't have had to be out there if folks weren't acting a fool, burning stuff down, tearing up areas. And so you might say, well, he's 17 at the time. He's he's young. He should not be, have been one of the ones out there trying to protect, watch out for. And, you know, you may have a point. You know, it, it may be, it may have been absolutely unwise for him to be out there. But being unwise the last time I checked is not a crime. Being unwise is not, you know, it, it doesn't give permission for someone else to try to take you out. It's just unwise. So he can be unwise and still be not guilty. He can be unwise, if you think so, and still have a right to defend himself when wherever he is, he is threatened and his life is in danger. So we've got to put, we've got to be at a point, people, where we have to look at the facts not everything is racism, you know? And again, if it were your son, your daughter, your loved one, would you rather they have just taken one for the team? <laughs> just been shot, just been beat down, just been maimed and all that? No. And so, you know, the calls, you know, the call, the rush to call him a white supremacist and all that. I mean, and even from the president of the United States, I, you know, if I will... If I were Kyle Rittenhouse, I, I have to say this and people will call me a sellout or whatever, whatever. You can call me whatever you want, but um, self-defense knows no knows no color. You've got a right to defend yourself, period. You know, and so I'm not going to I'm not I'm not if you're expecting me to be in a box and to think like everybody thinks and, oh, you know, he shouldn't have done this. And if he were black and, it, and making it a matter of race, you got the wrong person. And I'm not going to be bullied into thinking a certain way, I'm not joining the chorus of, of that. But then we have even the president of the United States who's saying things. People, people on me, you know, people in the media just calling him a murderer and all this other stuff. And if I were Kyle Rittenhouse, I would sue the mess out of these people who slandered him. And then, of course, those who were talking about the crocodile tears and all that. Listen, this kid, he's 18 now. He was 17 then and his life is on the line. And he's gotta he's gotta live with what took place, which he felt was necessary to defend his life. And of course he's crying. Of course he collapses down, you know, collapses when the verdict comes in. What an ordeal. I don't know him. I ain't paid to defend him. And again, it doesn't matter about Kyle Rittenhouse, it's not about whether he were white, whether he was black, you know, whatever. He was a young man who was in a situation, the evidence shows, where he was justified in defending himself. And so now the people who are glad that they got this verdict so they can act a fool, well, that's what they're doing. And then, of course, there are some well-meaning people who just think this has to do with race somehow, I guess. And that's what they see. So, so maybe they are disappointed, but they shouldn't be disappointed. Because they, if they paid attention, they should have expected 
that this was the thing to do. This was the right verdict. And I'm proud of the jury for getting it right because they could have succumbed to the pressure. And I pray that God protects them because, and even the judge for some of the strong stances he took, and I'm not going through everything, you know, but just, you know, well, if if you were black and white supremacy and, you know, and you know what, the thing about it is some people, and this is really, really sad, but it's true. They don't, they didn't, they don't care if Kyle Rittenhouse had a right to defend himself or not. They don't care if the verdict is the right one. They want somebody to pay for their wounds. Now, what do I mean by their wounds? I'm telling you that there are some folks who are just wounded. They're, 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 they're walking around with, they need to be healed because if, Everything is like, it's race, it's race, it's race. And I'm a victim and we're victims. And if everything, I'm not saying racism doesn't exist. It does exist. And that's why it's so important that we get this thing right. Because when everything is racist, nothing is racist. When you cry wolf all the time, then nobody takes you seriously when this is this stuff is serious stuff. And so we, we need to, to, to function in a way so that when there's really something to deal with, then we have the credibility to deal with it. But when you only just talk, everything is race, nobody, nobody takes you seriously anymore. They, and, and it's a problem. Okay. But there are some people who are so wounded, many of whom have never dealt with real racism themselves, but they're so trapped in the history and the victimhood. That they want somebody, and if, if it doesn't even matter if the person is not guilty, somebody has to pay the price for my pain. And I, he'll be, let Kyle Rittenhouse be that sacrificial lamb. I don't care. But I need something to feed that, that area in my life. And it's wrong. It's wrong. So that's my perspective about the Kyle Rittenhouse verdict. Watch, read, pay attention, and expect that justice has to be served. Not your whim, not your hopes, not your desire to just throw not guilty people to the wolves. It's just not right. And Christians, you know, I was hearing about churches that were praying that for the guilty verdict and seeing some this, I won't even name it, this particular group, supposedly Christian group on Instagram. And they just, it's all, oh my goodness, it's all about race. And I'm like, you know what, people of faith, you really need to check your hearts because there's some folks that are parading around as Christians and the love of God and we're brothers and sisters and all that. And they are so tied up in the, the, in their own hearts with prejudice and victimhood and all this stuff. And we can't minister effectively to other people when that is our heart. We've got to make sure our heart's right. And we can't expect other people to pay for our issues. 
And in this situation, like I said, there are some people who are acting like they're upset, but really they're secretly, they're secretly happy. So now they can go out and do and say and, and complain. And, and that's just another notch on their whole long list of, of, of uh, the racism in this country and how hard, you know, they, they've got that whole thing going on instead of thinking, you know what? I'm, I'm proud of I'm proud of this country and, and, and how we do things. We are not, I shouldn't even have to say this, but we are not perfect. We don't have a perfect past, obviously. But this is the greatest country on the face of the earth. And I believe the jury got it right. And he defended himself. And he had a right to defend himself. And whether or not you think he should have been there or not is beside the point. He was there and there he has a right to defend himself. And he, you know, and in this country, whether you like it or not, we have the right. We have a second amendment. We have the right to, to, to bear arms. We have a right to do that. And for those who say, well, you should have just, you just should have just taken it. What? Are you kidding me? That's what you want your son and your daughter to do, to just be out there and be exposed. And, and maybe you say, well, my son and daughter wouldn't have been out there. Okay, fine. But he was. And some of your kids have been places they ain't had no business being either. But that doesn't mean that they deserve to be harassed and their lives threatened. But if it is, if those lives are threatened, don't you want them to be able to defend themselves? So let's check our hearts and uh, let's pray for this nation because, again, an excuse for some to get all wild. And then maybe there are those out there um, who deserve respect because they protest uh, peacefully or whatever, uh, you know. But what are we protesting, you know? What are we really protesting? White supremacy, which has nothing to do with this at all. You know, and he has since come out and said he actually supports Black Lives Matter. But you know what? These folks tearing down neighborhoods and all this other stuff. And you know what? That was unnecessary. So then people feel the need to step up and, and, and just be there to guard and protect. And, you know, I don't know, but I am I am going to say this. And I, at the risk of being called a, a sellout, you know, a self-hating black person. I've heard that. You know, what else have I heard? You know, uh, at the risk of all that, which doesn't move me neither here nor there because I know the truth. Um, I'm going to, I'm still going to say that I'm glad that this young man, 18 years old, 17 when it happened, is not spending his life locked away when he was defending himself. And there's the, the prosecution simply did not prove its case. Absolutely did not. And so the jury had to do what the jury had to do, which is to render not guilty. I pray that we can unite in this country instead of looking for reasons to ah, to be divided. Because I do believe that there's some people looking. They're looking to be divided. They're looking to be offended. And there's one thing about that is if you're looking to be offended, you will never, ever be disappointed because you will find it. You will. So that's my perspective on the Kyle Rittenhouse case on the verdict and on various things in our society as a whole. And so thank you again for tuning in to this episode of the Adrian Ross show. And if you like what you hear, or maybe you don't like what you hear, but you like hearing me say what you don't agree with, perhaps, would you go to Apple podcasts or wherever 
you listen that allows them and leave a rating and a review. I would really appreciate it. And also go to the bmgnetwork.com and check out our other podcast. Uh, our other podcasts. I, I believe our podcasters are insightful and informative and engaging and even entertaining. And so you enjoy that on bmgnetwork.com. So share this with someone and uh, I appreciate you're listening to my perspective and God bless you abundantly. The Adrian Ross show was produced and edited in the BMG studio. The music was provided by Kevin McLeod. Find more episodes of the Adrian Ross show at the BMG network.com and major podcast platforms. Be sure to tune in regularly. You don't want to miss even one episode.